once believed that I possessed creative talent. But I have given up this idea. A woman must not desire to compose. There has never yet been one able to do it. Should I expect to be the one? Clara Schumann. Thanks for tuning in, and you're listening to the first episode, The Wild Life of Clara Schumann, Her Classicals of the History of Womanica podcast. Clara Schumann was born September 13th in 1819, Germany, and we're celebrating her 202nd anniversary this year. Clara is a great pianist, musician, and composer who was born into a musician family, a pianist dad and an opera singer mom. Her pianist father, Frederick Wick, was a respected pedagogue and the owner of a music lending library and piano firm. Her mother, Marianne Trumlid, was a professional singer who also maintained a performance career. To fully grasp the life of Clara Schumann, we have to take a look at the context of the 18th century, Clara's background, and the musical era that she composed in. From the early 1700s to 1900, the classical music era spans from 1730 to 1820, and the Romantic period from 1820 to 1900. The Schumanns lived in the time that musicians called the Romantic period, Romantic era musicians believe that emotions are communicated much better with compositions and words. Clara's compositions explored many emotions personal to her. And through her compositions, we are able to perceive the joyfulness, turbulence, love, sadness which she experienced that she was trying to convey through music. Moreover, it is during the Romantic period that solo concertos are increasingly performed, and more performances were performed in front of the public than what was originally in the castle. This change allowed Clara Schumann to perform worldwide and go on tours to earn money. The piano was an important part of many people's lives at the time, and most middle-class families had a piano for home entertainment by the 19th century. The classical music period falls between the Baroque and Romantic period, in which Clara drew her music. Classical music can be used as a synonym for Western art music, which is a variety of Western musical styles from the 16th to 19th century. During this time, musicians composed music that falls in this genre, including Clara Schumann. Classical music has a less complex and lighter texture than Baroque music that was developed a bit earlier, emphasizing light, elegance, and compared to Baroque, which emphasizes dignified deep grandeur. The concerto and sonata forms also emerged and became more defined during the classical period. Symphony was created in this period, solo concertos which features a single musician, for example solo pianist like Clara, accompanied by orchestra, began to be more emphasized and important. Clara and many other composers at the time made money by going on tours and performing concertos to the general audience. On the flip side, 
All the positive changes that gave significantly more opportunities to musicians like Clara Schumann at the time could not change the unfortunate fact for women in the 18th century that the two sexes were not equal. It is important to understand the 18th century attitudes about gender, in which these attitudes have significantly influenced Clara as a musician and mother. Throughout music history's illustrious centuries-long repertoire of eclectic creations and multicultural musical endeavors, women composers have been continuously silenced, says Crystal A. Frost. Women were always seen as the weaker sex. For a fact, gender played an incredibly large role in the reception of music and musicians. From Clara's early training to her mature career as a concert pianist, Clara Schumann's management by her father is not indicative of a normal upbringing up for a girl of the mid-1800s. Frederick Wick's specialized piano master empowered Clara with the same skills that male music students received. As stated by Jennifer Keynes, the transgressive sidelining of her gender, as encouraged by her father, was the first stage in the subversion of societal conventions and expectations of gender evident in her life. Let's come back to the beginning of Clara Schumann's life and musical training. Clara's family later divorced, and she grew up mainly with her father, Frederick Week. According to the Saxon law, children were considered the property of the father, who had total authority over them. So Clara could only visit her mother when her father permitted. However, that did not affect Clara on her music journey into becoming the great musician that she is today. Clara Schumann received basic piano instructions from her mother at the age of four. After her mother moved out, she began taking daily one-hour lessons from her father. Clara started intense piano training with her dad at the age of five. Rick had great hopes for her despite the obstacles of her gender. He also hoped to prove his superiority as a teacher by teaching Clara. Clara not only received piano lessons from her father, but she also studied violin, singing, and theory, harmony, and composition from the best teachers. She also was taught to read, write, and speak French and English, which were needed for her concert. She attended opera and orchestra concerts in the evening whenever the opportunity arose. She also prepared for opera performances by studying the scores with her father. Before the age of nine, Clara was included in the musical circle that local and visiting musicians gathered to play compositions. Even the greatest musicians we consider existed today, such as Chopin, Paganini, and Liszt, declared that she possessed complete technical mastery, depth, and sincerity of feeling. At the age of nine, Clara was already performing worldwide as a world-class musician, and from there, Clara's music career was to spend 60 years. On 28 October 1828, Clara Schumann has had her first official debut. At 11, she has had her formal debut. From September 1831 to April 1832, Clara toured Paris and other European cities, accompanied by her father. Her father would collect all the money she made and accompanying Clara touring gave him status and made him famous. Clara also learned how to carry on correspondence, arrange concerts, tours, and manage money. Rick enjoyed the fortune and fame. He even had Clara copy into letters the things he wrote to colleagues and business associates regarding her fees, 
complaining and arguing over the money they owed her. At the age of 13, Clara was one of the first pianists to perform from memory, which has now become a stand-up practice for all professional pianists worldwide. Clara met Robert Schumann, who was 18, in 1828, when she was actually only 8. In 1830, Robert Schumann came to study music at the Wick household as a boarding student. For eight years, Robert Schumann studied under Clara's father's teaching. In 1835, when Clara turned 16, they started to grow more interested in each other. Clara's father and Robert's teacher, Wick, disapproved when Robert asked for permission to marry Clara two years later in 1837. For three years, Wick put every obstacle he could think of in the way of the young couple. He reasoned that Robert Schumann was not an appropriate husband, he would never make any money, and not only did he forbid the marriage, Wick deliberately sent Clara away on concert tours to Destin to keep them apart. Part of the reason may be that Wick would not be ha having as many fancy musical connections or be as famous anymore. When Clara signed the document intending to appeal to the Destin court for the right to marry Robert Schumann, Wick kicked her out of the house. Clara survived by earning money going on tours. In 1837, Robert proposed. The couple married on September 12, 1840, a day before Clara's 21st birthday, which was to last 14 years. In the December of 1940, Wick presented to the court his declaration on Clara's marriage. Wick wrote an 11-page document that was filled with damaging words about Schumann's musical, compositional, and editorial skills. Wick detailed that Schumann was socially inept, unable to speak or write clearly, and that he lied about his income and could not even support himself. He argues that Robert only wanted Clara for her income and musical abilities, etc. He also wrote that Clara would be incapable of managing a home, being brought up and trained to be an artist, and that she would not be able to survive on a musician's income. Wick even went on spreading rumors and sending letters to several cities to tell people not to hire her. Wick's attacks, however, were possibly partially due to the reason that Clara was becoming more independent and he wouldn't benefit from her anymore. Despite Clara's father's disapproval and confrontations, the marriage carried on. During the marriage, Clara would edit Robert com Robert's compositions and perform them. Clara gave 137 concerts in total. She performed even in the advanced stages of pregnancy. Clara Schumann earned most of the money in the Schumann household, not to mention how much she earned for the Wick household. It was extremely unusual for her at her time. Even Liszt was extremely impressed about her work that he has written. Her compositions are truly remarkable, especially for a woman. They contain a hundred times more inventiveness and real feelings than all formal and pre present fantasias by Topper. Also, Clara edited all of Robert's works during their marriage, worked together on some songs, and her music was much more popular than his at the time. Robert Schumann is still much more well-known than Clara Schumann in the present time. The compositions were often mar marginalized by people claiming her husband was a real composer behind her works. During Clara and Robert's marriage, they kept a marriage diary as a way of documenting and communicating. Robert wrote in his diary, 
Clara has written a series of small pieces more delicate and richly musical in their inventions than she's ever achieved before. But having children and a husband who constantly improvises does not fit together with composing. Clara herself knows her primary occupation to be a mother. And then he goes on to say, After all, Clara also understands that I have a talent to nurture and that I am now at my best and have to take advantage of my youth as long as I have it. That's the only way it can work on artist marriages, you know. You can't have everything together. What, what Robert didn't say, however, is that not only is Clara's primary occupation being a mother, but her primary occupation is financially supporting his career, which was not lucrative. So she was not only caring for eight children and him, but also on the road performing as a pianist and brought home enough money so that they could live the life that they led. And Robert could see it being creative nurturing his talent. In the next entry in the diary, Clara wrote, My piano playing is falling behind. This always happens when Robert is composing. There is not even one little hour to be found the whole day for myself. To be fair, Robert Schumann later suffered from a serious mental illness. Later in the marriage, Robert Schumann was hospitalized and had to be sent to an asylum on March 4, 1854, and Clara might have understood his situation. As much as his, he might have written certain scenes in the diary that makes it seem as if he is belittling her, he also promoted her. As much as he thought of himself as being a great talent, he suggested that she try her hand at songwriting, and Clara said to him, a song, you say? No, I simply cannot. In order to write a song, to comprehend a text completely, this requires the intelligence. However, after Clara tried her hand at voice and realized she could write for something other than piano, Clara decided to compose for multiple instruments at once. So she went to produce one of her biggest and most popular pieces, the piano trial in G minor, which was what you heard at the very, very beginning of this podcast, as introductory music. In this piece, a lot of different emotions were expressed from her condition during this time, as well as the turbulence and turmoil in the first movement. Married life, children, and Robert's declining mental health condition made it difficult for Clara's music, yet she continued to perform and even went on tour. Robert suffered various different disorders, with one of them being schizophrenia. He suffered a complete nervous collapse, and on February 27, 1854, Robert Schumann attempted to commit suicide because of his mental problem, but failed. He threw himself into the river and was rescued by a fisherman. In addition to caring for her children, Clara eventually had the burden of taking care of a sick husband, who required constant care. Brahms, another famous pianist, dedicated himself to the family when Robert was sick. Clara was 14 years senior, but Brahms fell in love with her. During the period of Robert's deteriorated health, Brahms came and supported the family. He talked about Clara and Robert. Even I, before I knew you, imagined that such people as you in such marriages as yours could only exist in the imagination of the rarest people. People do not deserve that you two, Robert and Clara, should be on earth at all. And I feel uplifted when I think that I may see the time when people will idolize you. Two such holy, poetical natures. 
From the time of her husband's death, Clara devoted herself principally to the interpretation of her husband's works. She was the first person to publicly perform his work, specifically the Andante from the Sonata in F minor. Robert was taken to a private asylum at Andanic. Right before he died, Robert was incoherent and delirious due to self-starvation. After Robert died in 1856, Clara resumed touring, composed her very last piece, while spending a lot of time editing her late husband's works. In 1878, Clara became the full-time principal piano teacher at the Hall Conservatory in Frankfurt am Main, while still continuing to perform. Since the age of 19, Clara taught wealthy English women who were eager to study with the exemplary pianist and was a parental figure to them. Eager students flocked to study with her wherever she was, more than any other male teacher, and Clara was the only female receiving the honor of principal teacher at the Hall Conservatory. Even the first director explained to another woman seeking the same position that Clara would be the only woman ever to be employed by the conservatory. And that was only because he considered her, Clara, to be equal to any man. In the last few years of her life, Clara had to take care of her grandchildren. Clara's daughter Julia and son Felix died, leaving behind four children for Clara to take care of. Clara gave her last concert at the age of 72 in 1891, but continued teaching until her death on May 20th, 1896, due to complications from a stroke and was buried next to Robert. And that was a wild and extraordinary life of Clara Schumann. Listen to the music playing in the background right now. Clara and her husband Robert Schumann had many different ways of communicating with each other through their music, and one of them was called musical cryptograms. What Robert Schumann did was that he assigned different music notes to different letters of the alphabet of the name Clara. C-L-A-R-A. -A. The music playing in the background right now is called Variations on a Theme by Robert Schumann, which Clara directed. They actually coast out Clara's name by spelling her name musically and putting it into this piece. Thank you for listening to the Wildlife of Clara Schumann, History of Manica podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode and stay tuned for the next one in which I will talk about the impacts and accomplishments of Clara Schumann and why she should be known and taught. Composing gives me great pleasure. There is nothing that surpasses the joy of creation, if only because through it, one wins hours of self-forgetfulness when one lives in a world of sound. Welcome back to another episode of Her Classicals. You are listening to the importance of Clara Schumann in history and her impacts. In 
18th-century Germany was not a hospitable environment for female composers. Clara Schumann was one of the most important classical pianists of the 18th century, but her impact on society nowadays is so insignificant and neglected compared to other classical pianists and composers at her time. Clara Schumann was really commented on in modern musicology beyond the relationship with her husband. However, at her own time, Clara Schumann was a celebrated composer, and the music she wrote is a part of the narrative of the 19th century musical romanticism. She was probably one of the most distinguished composers of the Romantic era. So we have talked about how Clara Schumann has so greatly and profoundly influenced her contemporaries and composers like Robert Schumann and Brahms. Amazingly, she's still influencing composers today. Clara had an impressive performance career and a rebellious love interest against her father's authority. Clara has composed many notable compositions that are no less, if not more, complex and prominent than the other well-known male composers that we know at her time. Clara Schumann composed concert pieces for solo piano, piano and string instruments, and piano and orchestra. She also wrote domestic pieces that are played at home. Moreover, Clara Schumann was credited with many firsts throughout her career of more than 60 years and contributed to the changing standards of solo piano recitals in her time. The French custom of playing without sheet music, which is a common practice and requires standard for all performance in the present time, gained acceptance through her efforts. Not only was Clara Schumann extremely impactful on society as a whole, but she was also very impactful on her family. Most of her piano compositions in four Polonese Opus 1 through Opus 11 brought a lot of acclaim at her time, as well as students and publicity for her father's business and provided the family with prestige and status. Even Robert Schumann believed that her father killed her earning power that he did more than he did about his daughter. Also, Clara Schumann was one of the leading virtuosos of the 19th century and the most celebrated female pianist of her time. Why is this name very rarely heard among all the greatest composers like her that we admire today? As quoted by Jennifer A. Kent, despite music being cast as feminine, Women who were performance composers or have occupied musical positions of power have with few exceptions been marginalized from scholarly discourse. Clara Schumann was perhaps the first and most acknowledged exception, heralded as one of the foremost virtuosos of her time. Let us hear from our guest, Louise, on her thoughts and her story on the journey with music. So, what do you say, Louise? Well, after learning the piano for many years, all of the greatest and well-known classical pieces I played were written by men, especially composers like Frederick Chopin, Claude Debussy, Franz Liszt, and Van Beethoven. I have always, since very young, wondered why all the images I see about famous piano composers were always European males. I wonder why teachers really emphasize ways and put a lot of attention to helping the students play and perform a classical piece that were written by a female composer, who can represent many of the female students who are seeking to succeed in this field. 
Few with the same experiences and education went to musical universities, maybe become teachers. Many of them gave up during high school despite having studied the piano since a very young age. It might not seem that important that almost all of the pianists we study are male. In fact, most of the time we never even notice it. But after ceaselessly practicing some of the greatest works of piano compositions of all times, they were always written by a male. I wonder whether trying a classical piece written by a female, like me, would evoke totally different feelings and emotions. Yes, indeed. It is undeniable that women were significantly underrepresented in the classical music era. Like Clara Schumann and many others, they were either overshadowed by their husband's accomplishments or constrained by societal structures inhibited by traditional gender roles of the era. It is important to understand that even at the current times that equality in all forms is increasingly promoted, women in the era rarely had the opportunity to share and showcase their musical talents, definitely not at the same level as their male peers. Also, the musical aspect is changing nowadays. The gender gap and underrepresentation of women still remain. Usually, when we think of or search up the greatest musicians, the names that come to mind or appear successively in a list on Google are likely musicians like Chopin, Beethoven, Bach, Mozart, Schubert, Brahms, Liszt, Tchaikovsky, and Rachmaninoff, etc. However, we really realize that there is an egregious omission from the list that even with increasing awareness and recognition of equality globe-wide, it is still easy to overlook. There isn't a single woman on the list. It is not that women were not as capable as male, but their works were seldom able to be as recognized and appreciated as the compositions of men due to their societal norms that held music composition to be an exclusively male pursuit. It is arguably a disheartening reality that in the history of classical music, Women have not been afforded the same support to foster their compositional power, proudness as men. There have been so many extremely influential women composers over the centuries, although perhaps only those who intentionally studied the history of music composition know. Few have managed to impact the perception of gender identity and their classical music mastery like their male colleagues. Clara Schumann was no less talented and impactful than many male composers. However, she was not recognized and is really hurt due to her gender. She should be told as she is a role model of today's woman and prove the capability of a woman by taking on a man's role of being the primary earner of the house, a mother of eight, and an extremely successful pianist and composer. Clara Schumann was not only a working woman, but also a performer, teacher, and composer. She was also a wife and mother, but seemed to reject the idea that a woman must devote her whole life to, domestic, to domesticity and motherhood. As a woman, Clara has proven to society that even females can accomplish greater things, especially during her time despite achieving all this when the prevailing attitude toward women was less than ideal. When Robert was sick and Clara had to take care of her sick husband, she had to take charge of her husband's work on top of hers, which she described as at risk of losing her own technique because she couldn't practice. 
Not only did she introduce every work Robert wrote, but she also prepared piano reductions of his orchestral scores, copied music for him, rehearsed singers for his works, and accompanied choruses he conducted in Dresden. Clara Schumann kept Robert's and her artistic and domestic life together, on top of hers, when Robert was sick. She also became his spokesperson and primary earner of the house. Throughout her lifespan and through Clara's effort and talent, it was magical that her circumstances came together to allow Clara Schumann to become a premier pianist, composer, teacher, primary earner of her marriage and birth house, mother, wife, caregiver, and companion to musical giants at her time. Despite overwhelming odds, Clara still managed to balance home and a career alone before doing so was considered a po even a possibility, especially by a woman like her. Clara's strength across her life was hugely impressive, inspiring, and intriguing. Sadly, however, references to Clara are centered on considerations of Robert's life and music. When others talk about her, they talk about the gossip and speculation about her relationship with Brahms. It is important to note that women lacked a lot of encouragement as to what roles they should be playing. Even Clara actually at times remained ambivalent regarding her professional capabilities of women. Despite the prevailing attitudes concerning women, Clara's father made no excuses for her sex and never considered it a drawback. She once wrote to Robert that it would be nice if Robert's sister-in-law would be with him during the first week of their marriage because she could teach Clara what it was like to be a mother or a woman. Clara says, How I would like to busy myself now and then with household things, but I would just be laughed at. Without encouragement for the woman in her period, it was so hard to continue an occupation that was not accepted by society and to not follow the social norms. It is important for people nowadays to acknowledge how important encouragement is for young women to seek their full potential and to believe in themselves, despite prejudice and the supposed ought-to-be behaviors that instead hinder equality. Getting discouraged and distracted by social ex expectations also contributed to the fact that fewer women succeeded and the world believing that women are actually less capable. Like Donna Friedman says, I think that it's so important for the world to know today about who Clara Schumann was and her legacy that she left in her music, and for young women everywhere to feel empowered. It's important to know that you cannot give yourself up for anybody else, and she didn't. She found the time to compose, and I think if she were alive today, I think she would just be ruling the world. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and stay tuned for the next one. See ya.